first question I always ask is, how is this thought adding value? So whatever it is, like even the listeners yourself, think of one of those beliefs or things you tell yourself that you know is not right, (laughs) but you do. Uh, And ask yourself, just sit with it and say, how is this thought adding value? And then ask yourself, what would it feel like if I didn't have this thought? What would the other way look like? And rewrite that thought as the way that it could be. Like, um, like if it, it is about money, like break it down and rewrite it in a way that's positive and open. And then ask yourself, how does that feel? And most likely right now it'll be like, oh, a little resistant, a little exciting, a little unsure. And then just sit with that. It's kind of like when you're stretching and it hurts. And you yeah. just have to sit with that stretch a little bit more. Some of this work is slow and it's icky and it's uncomfortable and there is tension there. People want me to give them a magic pill. I can't do that. What I will promise to do is sit with you and hold that stretch with you. Um, And there's something really important there with stretch, not strain. And I'm going to use myself as an example for this example. So you asked me to be part of this podcast. And I remember first I scheduled it. It was at three months postpartum. And I was like, yeah, three months, I'll be ready to go. And I remember it coming up and I was like, hell no, (laughs) I am not ready. And so at that point, it was strain. For whatever I went through and wherever we were in our life at that point, I knew that was strain for me to jump on this podcast. So I rescheduled it for now at six months. And so when it was coming up a week or two ago in the calendar, I was like, oh, no, no, no. And I was like, no, no, honey, now you got to jump on the horse. This is a moment of stretch. And so that comes from, again, that personal accountability piece, that personal awareness to know when it's stretch and when it's strain. Welcome to the Lifestyle Edit Podcast, a show about creative female entrepreneurs and the businesses they've built. I'm your host, the Lifestyle Edit founder, Naomi Ndudu, and each week I deep dive with a female founder on topics like business models and revenue streams, marketing and branding, building a team and scaling, and how they are managing to cultivate a life and business they love and all on their own terms. Our goal each week is to take you on the narrative journey of the opportunities and challenges in business right now and offer insights you can immediately apply in growing or starting your business. Welcome to the Lifestyle Edit Podcast. Hi, how are you? I am so well. I'm so happy that I've had you, I've got you on the podcast because I have been delving into all things mindset personally a lot lately. I came across the work of Joe Dispenza um, and the whole kind of the brain and mindset and how they all connect. And I'm such a big believer that we create our realities with our minds. And, you know, many say that they believe it, but do they really, do we really do intentional work when it comes to our mindset? So I'm really excited to explore this with you today. So before we get into all of the kind of mindset strategy stuff, can you just give me a bit of background of the journey that's led you to do the kind of work that you're doing today? Um, absolutely. And I want to say I'm totally excited for this conversation with you as well. And I obviously think it's, you know, a crucial part of this entrepreneur life that we lead or any, or any life that we lead as human beings. So when you ask this question, it seems very um, straightforward. Like I could just give you my kind of CV answer to this. Uh, but there's also a parallel story that comes along the professional journey is obviously the personal journey. Um, and so I'll start with giving you the personal, the professional journey, because that's probably what people need to know <laughs> to 
understand um, how I got here. But I want to just put that caveat in there to, to remind us that our professional journeys are in parallel with our personal journeys. And, and um, that, that aspect of how we get to where we are, whatever it is we're doing, is crucial part of the conversation. But professionally, um, my background is in political science and psychology, and I have a master's in human rights. And so the majority of my work, let's say over 15 years, is, was specifically in strategic planning, project management, program development, and mostly I would say in the social justice sector, you know, community-based organizations, startups. So you would have me in board meetings to working in, in, with inmates, um, you know, a, a broad spectrum, very diverse environments, very different teams. Um, but in all the endeavors, there's that human element. And the questions I was asking at those points was what makes us tick, what makes us work better, what drives us, you know, because I was seeing my fair share of struggle, whether it was with projects or programs, people themselves not connecting to their work, um, not reaching their potential or burning out. And, and so I started having these conversations with my brother, who is now my business partner and who is a naturopathic doctor. And he was at that time dealing with end-of-life care. He was doing integrative cancer care. And we were having the same, we were asking the same questions, but from different angles. So I was kind of talking with people who were doing the work and trying, and he was looking at it at the end where people were like, what was this all for? And so we were kind of like, there has to be a better way. Um, and our conversations led us to actually getting some more training. Uh, we're both what you would call brain-based executive coaches, but we're, we're mindset coaches. And we basically decided to start a business together where, again, using our backgrounds in what we would call medicine and management, uh, we integrate the neurosciences, psychology, strategic planning, um, mindfulness techniques, and really try to empower individuals to inspire themselves. And like our tagline is doing better by thinking better because whatever you're doing, you could do it better by understanding your mindset and your mind frame and how you're going into and how you're showing up to all of these circumstances of your life. Because um, what we found is that really the people who were thriving um, because I had the honor of working with game changers, really, you know, people who constantly contribute, constantly create, innovate, um, are deeply connected to themselves and who they work with and what they do. Uh, the difference was really that around that self-awareness and personal accountability piece. Um, and we realized that that's actually the key to unlocking your wisdom and inspiring your own growth. And so regardless of the circumstance you find yourself in, if you can get your mindset right, you're already a winner. Yes. And so what was the personal things that were kind of going on in the background that also contributed to the, what you're putting out in the world today? Yeah. So I, um, kind of have always been working, uh, from as early as that you can work, I was working and I was project after project, country after country, cities, different places. And, um, I was, I, I, looking back, I can see that the times I was most inspired was usually I wasn't getting paid anything. I remember like one of my favorite jobs, I was an intern at Human Rights Watch in New York City and uh, nobody was paying me. And I was pulled into a boardroom with my then boss, um, with Shirin Abadi, was in the room. And I just remember leaving that room and, you know, the, a bunch of the directors at Human Rights Watch were there and calling uh, probably my brother at the time and being like, 
I was the stupidest person in that room and it was amazing. Yes. I love that too. Right. I was like, this is the right place for me. And nobody was paying me Jack. I was like, (laughs) you know, there was, we were working at the restaurant to (laughs) be able to survive. And, and that spark, that, that intrigue, that curiosity was there because I was like, there's so much more to know. And that's exciting for me. And on the flip side, later in my career, I was, you know, the youngest project manager in uh, a government institute for a province. And I was the youngest project manager in the whole province. And I was working really hard. I was finally getting paid really well, you know, all of the benefits one would want. And I got really sick. Um, I got uh, burnt out. Um, I had to leave my job. Um, I could have stayed on like a medical leave even, but I, I chose to quit uh, for all the reasons that I was just mentioning for, for there, there was a disconnect. So even my work, I, you know, I worked in social justice, there was meaning there, but, um, there has to be something in the environment that you work. And it doesn't mean that everyone leaves their nine to five and goes and, you know, starts a blog or is a painter. That's not what I'm saying. It's, it's understanding that the environments that we create to work, the cultures that we work in, will decide whether we thrive or not. And even though I had everything on paper that should say you're going to thrive, um, it, it, I didn't. I broke down. I got sick. And so part of this conversation that I'm having with my brother and we're creating Mindship Ninja also comes from my personal experience, knowing full well what it's like um, to push yourself to a point where your body breaks. And I was just before 30 when that happened. And so my body shouldn't be breaking. Uh, you know, so, so it's, it's kind of that real life example of, you know, I should have been at the peak of my career, just about to grow. And my body shut down on me because I wasn't asking the right questions, taking care of myself, kind of giving a lot more than I should at certain places. Cause I didn't understand the role of boundaries. Um, and these are hard lessons, but because of those lessons, again, that's where, you know, what we call now My Shift Ninja, which is our company, it was born because both from the professional and the personal angle, we saw what it's like if you don't take care of that system, your holistic system. Yes. Oh my God. I'm getting chills because I resonate so much with what you're saying. It was the same thing with me. I was the youngest person to become um, an editor at a national newspaper. I was 22 when I became an editor and it was like, you know, something that I'd always wanted. I was working so hard for it. And I remember many years later, you know, my hair started falling out. I was one of the first people to arrive in the office. I was one of the last people to leave. My friends stopped inviting me to things because they knew that I would cancel. Um, I remember arriving in New York and I landed in my friend's apartment and she was like, dude, I had to keep like checking your stomach just to make sure that you were breathing because you've been like passed out for the last like 14 hours. and You're still like... You know, it's like breakdown, like complete breakdown. And I almost felt guilty because it's like, this is, this is people's dream jobs. This was Mm -hmm. my dream job. Why am I not happy? And why am I not fulfilled? Um, And, you know, that whole journey led me to the lifestyle with it. But funnily enough, people, I think we hear these stories very often that, you know, once you start your business, then everything is fantastic. I have been really candid about sharing with my community that, Last year, I had a second trimester miscarriage and it was 
a really traumatic experience for me, but it showed me that the energy that I was bringing to my last job that made me really unhappy, that type A neurotic must do more, must be more, you know, my whole identity was related to my job was the same energy that I brought in starting my business. So of course, like my body was feeling the brunt of that. Exactly, exactly. Everything you said, I just want to say, yes, 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 yes. Um, and you know, the key to all of that, everything you just said is that self-awareness piece, that, that acknowledgement, that moment where you have to actually say, Hey, (laughs) you have to actually look in that mirror, um, and have that tough conversation and it's icky and it's uncomfortable. Um, and even for me, you know, on this side of different things, I'm looking at, uh, you know, our struggles and I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, I have a master's, I have this, I have that. I used to make this much money. What am, what are we doing this for? You know, there's always going to be something that's going to put more pressure on us if we don't get our mind right. Like, so at different points, you're going to have to ask those same questions over and over. So even though, yes, you changed your, you know, you'd quit your job and now you're doing this, it doesn't mean those pressures are going to go away if your mind's not, your mindset's not right. Definitely. I was watching a, um, a YouTube video with Joe Dispenza. I discovered him and like literally devoured like every talk he'd done <laughs> on YouTube. And he said that he's like, if you truly believe that you create your reality with your mind, when was it last time? Like you, you, you sat with your thoughts and mm-hmm. kind of explored some of the resistances that you're experiencing. If you really believe that, that should be a top priority. And, you know, there is this idea sometimes that once I'm there, everything will be fine. It's the like, when and then, when I get this, then I'll feel like that. But it's like, you have access to all of those feelings right now, like said, if you get your mind right. So I want to, I want to explore that a little bit more because you take a very kind of scientific brain approach. And that's why I really loved coming across your work because you kind of gave the scientific reasoning behind some of the things that I felt intuitively. I'm very kind of right. kind of far on the woo-woo on the woo-woo scale. Yeah. Um, so I love that you kind of bring in that kind of intuition, all of that kind of softer side, but with the science. So can you just talk me through that a little bit? Oh, I, I love that you say that um, <laughs> because we try really hard. So because we have a yin and a yang with my brother and I, we, we, he calls it like the science with a soul. Um, so he has kind of the more medical angle and I'm much more intuitive. And, and, and the marriage of the two is where we found the sweet spot uh, because you're right. Some people don't, um, don't, don't kind of go towards the more energetic conversations about this and people need the hard sciences. And the, the most beautiful thing is that both the science and the energetics say the same thing. So we decide that marrying the language is ideal. So yes, we train mindset. That's what we do. Uh, the, the focus is on the brain as you put it. And, and our, and we say, you know, change your mindset, change your life. And because we understand that your mindset really is the foundation to all your growth because it's the lens in which you see the world it shapes how you show up, how you create. Um, and again, back to that self-awareness and personal accountability, those are the pillars to help you achieve whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Um, and without that, that, what we call the shaping and sharpening of those mental muscles, uh, your performance, your creativity, your fulfillment won't be there. Um, and, and the mind doesn't 
act in isolation. Uh, so we, we call it an ecosystem. So we, it's the mind, the body, and the space. And the body, you know, there would be tools such as biofeedback, nutrition, gut health. Um, the space is your actual physical space, the surroundings, your environment, and also the relationships. Because again, you can train day and night on your, your mental muscles. You can meditate. You can do all of the things. And if you're in your physical space, isn't um, helping the process, it's going to hinder your growth. And same with your body. If you're um, not taking care of it, it, it's, it's fueling what goes on in your head. So it's understanding that your mind doesn't work in isolation. And so while we train mindset, because we believe your mind is your tool for breakthrough, it, it's a muscle, you can influence it, you can transform um, to do a, a real mind shift, you know, which means like expand, evolve, be open to new perspectives, new opportunities, you have to respect the ecosystem that fuels it. Definitely. And because, you know, we hear about it a lot that they say that your subconscious mind is basically running the show. So that's why willpower does not, you know, willpower alone will not work. Can you kind of break that down and explain that and then just talk me through some of the ways that we can kind of readdress the balance almost yeah so I think um essentially hoping and wishing and uh pushing uh there there's a kind of a resistance to that you're, you're not in your flow um if if you will so when you're when you're thinking of something like balance or um, motivation, uh, all of these ideas are, in essence, the way in which you're going to show up, show up to life. And so to do that, um, I'm, and I feel like I'm going to be a broken record again, but it's, it's back to that personal accountability and self-awareness. So it's a conversation you're having with yourself. And, it, and, and the foundation to those is, deeply rooted in your why, in why you're even deciding to show up. Um, where that comes, that, that inner drive comes with you having the conversations of understanding your purpose and your reasoning and how, how it is you will, you've decided to make an impact. And that has to come from within. It can't be an external motivator because that external motivator will leave. Um, and an external motivator also is something like money um, that will go and come. So it, you have to find something and, you know, through a coaching process, you have a lot of these conversations and you find your triggers and you understand what it is that will make you show up because sheer force isn't going to do it. Um, it's going to make you break. Uh, so you, you have to have those honest conversations as why it is you're doing what you're doing um, and what you feel like, what you want to gain from it. And what's that feel like? And how will you show up even when you don't feel like it? Because this why is your driver. Does that make sense? That, that, that makes so much sense. And, you know, it's so interesting because I've been exploring this a lot more, even with the kind of mind-body connection that, mm -hmm. especially, you know, we're talking about entrepreneurship, but so much of our behaviors when it comes to kind of fear and pushing through, um, pushing through moments of fear, so much of it. We have the history in our bodies. <laughs> I remember reading a quote. I can't remember what book it was. And they were like, that moment when you went on a stage and your words didn't come out, that's mm -hmm. as a child, that's still plaguing you as an adult, 
that only exists in your mind, right? But our bodies can still remember that emotion. And every time we're kind of going through that, that motion in our body, it's kind of retraining the mind and making that association between, for example, public speaking and that sensation It's getting even more ingrained. Right. Right. Absolutely. You know, if you think about it, um, your thoughts, uh, your, your beliefs, your beliefs are just the thoughts repeated. So stay with that. So whatever you believe is just whatever you've told yourself. So the narrative, the stories we tell ourselves are then within our control. So the stress, fear, all becomes a perception or a kind of the perspective in which we've allowed our thoughts to take shape. Um, and the power of the human brain is to reframe that and cognitively like restructure the situation and the environment so it all comes down to choice, how you choose to see things and how you decide to act. Oh, that is such a gem. It's so, so true. Um, and you, you speak to so many entrepreneurs in your practice. Are there any mindset challenges that you see as kind of a common thread with business owners? Absolutely. An off switch. <laughs> Entrepreneurs don't know how to turn off. <laughs> um, and if, if not off, just slow down or take the pressure off. Sometimes, you know, because the entrepreneur is, is the business, you know, it becomes one, you are the business. It's extremely hard not to take things personally. Um, no one's telling you how to show up or when to show up or how much work to put in. And if your effort's enough and you're kind of, you've become your own gauge. And so you just assume more is more is more is more. And that's very dangerous. Um, as we discussed at the beginning of the call. So really the biggest gift anyone, but especially an entrepreneur can really give themselves is to have some sort of daily practice of grounding. And I'm calling it grounding and not um, anything else because it can look different for other people. So it can be journaling, walking, meditation, and all of the above, some may choose. But really it's finding the time and place in their day, the time and space, to focus and remind yourself again of why you're doing what you're doing before you allow it all to come in. And so I um, did this for a while now, which a lot of people don't love, <laughs> is I block my mornings. So until 10 a.m., my phone is off, my computer's off, no one has me. And if I'm on my computer writing or doing something, um, there's no internet. And so even for my business partner, my brother, <laughs> he was like, get on the phone. <laughs> I was like, nope. Because I noticed I was waking up stressed. I had, then my eyes would open. I was like, oh my God, what's waiting for me? And I can't do that again. I left to work to not feel this way, not to now be in a new setting to feel more this way. Um, so it's, it's learning that how creativity works. And so I think, I think that's, that's the key maybe to that. Um, if, if I can just push forward and talk about this idea of productivity. Yeah. Because as, as I'm telling you this, what I'm thinking is, is it comes back to what we, what we, how we see productivity, how we define it. Um, and like whenever someone says to me, because a lot of the, when you, you know, hire an executive coach, you're like, I want to be more productive. Um, and I, and all I hear is kind of that song, like harder, better, stronger, faster, (laughs) faster, stronger, however. Um, and it's this idea of upping the ante and there's a lot of danger in that. 
um, there's mental health implications, you know, anxiety, depression, burnout, chronic disease, suicide. We've talked about a lot of these. Uh, but what it comes down to is, is a couple of things, productivity or creativity or innovation. Okay, I'll put them all as one word. Um, it's not sustainable to do that in that manner. It's also um, unhealthy, like we just discussed. But more so, it's, it's not our best work. It's a misguided definition of what productivity is to do constantly do more, 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 more. Um, and so when I talk about entrepreneurs and not having an off switch or a slow down switch, it's because it's, it's understanding that for creativity, for innovation, for productivity, um, it's a full body experience. And it works with a cycle of what we call your mindset, obviously. Then there's struggle there's creation and there's recovery. And this, this cycle, um, when it is optimized, it's in constant exchange. There's a flow and they give and take from one another. Um, and when you build your life sustainably around the understanding that to do your best work, you need strategic rest and recovery. To do your best work, uh, recovery is not a luxury. It's not optional. Um, and that is where the new sparks will come in. It's, it's an essential component. It needs to be honored. Um, and it's really back to a very active and conscious choice that you are making to let yourself heal and regenerate to produce the magic that it is you want to produce. Oh, you are so right. I it makes me think of, do you know when you're on a flight and they always say, like, in the case of an emergency, make sure that you put your life jacket on before you even put the life jacket on of your child. Yes. And instinctively, you're always like, oh my God, that seems so, that seems so bizarre. Why would anyone recommend that? And it's like, you can't save someone else if you're dead. So, <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't feed your client and make them feel held if you are coming from a place of feeling that yeah, you haven't taken care of yourself first. And it's something that I've had to grapple with so much, especially, you know, both both of us are service-based businesses that are mission-led, you know, you want to support, you want to, um, you're so driven into your why, but yes, you only give your best work when you are giving yourself that time. And sometimes giving yourself boundaries you know, does that. Um, and I think that's, that's the thing that I always struggle with, with this term productivity is that I feel like there's so much of a focus on output as opposed to the quality of what it is that you're putting out there. So like I, I'm, people laugh, they're like, Naomi, you're so militant. But for example, I only take physical in-person meetings on Thursdays because mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to have desk days. I'm not someone who could steal an hour there you know, be going out every day and steal an hour a day and do some solid work. I need to have that space so that when I am out and in meetings, I'm giving you my everything rather than thinking, oh my God, I've got to rush back and do something. So it allows me to get into alignment. And I even had this last week, Friday, where I I had my to-do list was just like, insane and my natural temptation is like gotta get it done gotta make sure that I wrap up the weekend with everything ticked off and it was like actually no Naomi you're not feeling in alignment like what can you do now that can bring yourself up the emotional (laughs) (laughs) you know it sounds so cheesy but the emotional scale and maybe that means being away from your desk going for a walk or 
you know, just like having a bit of a chilled morning. And, you know, if you're feeling a bit better, then you'll, the work is going to get done either way, but you can do it in a way where it's kind of going against the tide or you can do it in flow. And it was like giving myself permission to just surrender to that was such a, a big thing. And yeah, by like 11 o'clock, I was out of my funk and the things I did in the morning made me feel so good that it was a joy again to do the work rather than just focusing on output. A hundred percent. We think that by stepping away, we are failing whatever it is that we were going to do. But I'm telling you right now, that that resistance that is there, you're going to fail the work anyways. So you might as well recharge. You might as well come at it from a different perspective, a different day, um, a different viewpoint to allow it to be fresh, to allow the work. Like if, if, it, if the idea is to create, to innovate, to um, bring something new to the world, it's not going to happen with the same burnt out brain. Completely completely and I think you know I'm sure there's going to be people listening thinking yeah get it intellectually but it's so hard in practice and I get it it's so hard you you know we're constantly being bombarded with what everybody else is doing on social media and things like that what advice do you have about how we can cultivate like a more abundant mindset so we're not um we're not steered away from what we're doing and what we love and what our joy is and feeling crappy when we see what other people are doing. Absolutely. So I think that's a really important question because, um, you know, you know, you love social media and you hate it (laughs) as most, you know, like we have this love hate relationship and it's because suddenly we are, um, you know, portraying life as a before and after picture. And people love a good transformation story. Like, don't get me wrong. We're like, listen to Oprah for these stories. Like we look at our Instagram for these stories, but life doesn't happen in a before and after. It's the moments in between and no one's showing that. Um, And so it's the subtle changes. It's actually the micro transformations that are the most impactful. And if we understand the magic happens in the process and not the outcome, then we allow us to kind of mitigate against these extremes and where, where these extremes give us just this, this pressure and I feel we're, we're like a failure. And, you know, I just, you know, I had a baby this year and, you know, these pictures of people with their like three days <laughs> postpartum and like whatever. And I'm like, I still look pregnant, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, however many months, it doesn't matter. And, you know, and I want to send all of them that, you know, muscle emoji and be like, good for you. But at the same time, it brings a layer of constant uh, going back and forth and comparing that it's not going to serve anyone, especially not you and your mindset and your goals. And so you have to realize that life isn't a before and after picture. And even me, what I can do today was very different from what I could do a year from a year ago. Um, for example, like I can give a little tiny example, like I'm on the step on the, at the gym and, you know, uh, let's say before pregnancy, I was maybe like at level 13 and like today I was level three. And in some ways you would say like, that's going backwards. And for me, I'm like, hell no, I haven't been here for like a year. Yeah. 
So, and so that doesn't look the same for everyone. And so your level of success has nothing to do with the outcome or that number or that picture. It actually has to do with the process because I knew what it took for me to get my mind, to get myself, because it doesn't, your body will go if you get your mind there, right? So to put the shoes on and get myself on that machine, that for me was a celebration. So I'm celebrating the process. A quick break from today's show to talk to you all about our sponsor, Breather. Breather offer dedicated workspace in great locations in cities like London, LA, New York, San Francisco, Toronto, all without the big monthly price tag. So think beautiful spaces minus membership fees or commitment. All you need to do is pay by the hour or by the day and reschedule or cancel for free for up to two hours before your reservation. For more information, just head to breather.com not the outcome because I know the process is what's going to take me through life because the only thing that is constant is change and we will always have to evolve and it's really icky and sometimes it feels like we're going backwards and we probably are but all the only thing you have with you the whole time is how you think about it and how you decide to step forward that day and you know the magic is in the baby steps I like to say like baby steps but beautiful ones it's because we forget that the things that um, don't have to be huge, like a big popping celebration to make an impact. You know, one small step each day sometimes can entice a, amazing positive change. And so we overestimate how much we can do in this one moment, but underestimate how much we, we have the ability to grow and change over time. So we expect ourselves to do everything perfectly right now, yet underestimate the potential for sustainable incremental growth and that's actually the muscles that stay with you. So regardless of what life throws at you, those are the muscles that will be there to hold you. Oh, you are so speaking my language. And it links back to one of our first episodes of the show that we had with um, Stella and Dot founder, Jessica Heron, where she said that you don't have to be perfect to start. You have to, be st- you have to start to be perfect. And, you know, just to give a personal account on my side, it was the same thing with starting this podcast. Like, when it comes to ju- being a journalist and going to interview someone, like I've been doing it for years. I can do that in my sleep. That was my comfort zone. But now having people, knowing that people are going to hear my voice and, you know, it was just a, a new skill that I just hadn't practiced. And I remember when I'd wanted to do a podcast for such a long time, but I was so afraid because I was expecting my me to be at the level in podcasting as I was in print and mm-hmm. you know in, in journalism and it's that thing that yes we we need to think more about kind of enjoying the process more mm-hmm. and not always thinking about what that final result will be like my ep- an episode now is so different to my first episode but I wouldn't be where I am now if I didn't take that first step Yes, absolutely. We somehow feel like we should be perfect before we start and there's that's just not possible. Yeah. Um, And, you know, as a kid, you get that, you know, when you're trying to learn to ride a bike or, you know, you're going to get some skid knees. But like for some reason as adults, because we're so afraid of the, you know, failure, big word, um, whatever that means even, uh, that we don't even try. And that's a myth. Like we all have to practice. Um, And I guess it's also this whole idea of like, you know, to, to quote Wayne Dyer, he always said that 
you've got to believe it to see it. And I love the example. I think it's um, Brendan Burchard uses in his um, manifesto book. And he says like, he uses the example of babies. Like they've never been able to walk before. They have no past, you know, thoughts that shows them that it's a dead cert that they're going to be able to walk, but they, they totally believe that they're going to. And I think we often need to have like evidence that, you know, if I launch this new thing, it's going to work. If my, I start this business, it's going to be a success, but it's sometimes about taking steps without, you don't have to, innovation comes and, you know, pushing ourselves comes from taking that leap of faith, even when everything has not been kind of laid out. That was like a really convoluted way to explain it. <laughs> no, no, I hope no. you understand what I mean. I absolutely understand. And, and when we go back to that, it's that same discussion of process, not outcome, process, not outcome. So in the process, so what, what that means is you're asking yourself, how am I showing up? Am I putting my best effort forward right now? Whatever, and my best is in quotations, like whatever I got right now, whatever is in my toolbox, uh, you know, it might be half empty, but am I putting whatever I have forward? Yes. Okay. Then that needs celebration. And so it might not look, you know, the certain way that you thought it would. Um, you'd say like sometimes like the ideals of yesterday can't hold back your today. So, you know, whatever you think you should have, could have, would have done is just holding you back. So you just ask yourself, am I doing the best I can at this current moment? And ask yourself honestly. And if you say yes, okay, great. And then you're like, if this is something I've never done before, can I find inventory in my life of yes. places where I have shown up and I have completed something I never knew how to do? And you're like, okay, yeah, I've done this before. Okay, so even though I haven't done this X task, I haven't tap danced, <laughs> I haven't you know, done a podcast, but I have, there was that first article I ever wrote for that magazine. Yeah. So, you know, there was a first sometime and I, and I succeeded at that so that I can use that inventory to push my process along and remind myself, I got this. Like, and it again, may not be amazing, but whatever, what is that anyways? Yeah. Life is about showing up whether you like to or not. And, and the magic is showing yourself that you can show up whether you like to or not, that you actually have that ability inside you. Um, that's like one of my biggest things I've learned at, through this endeavor and through coaching and through this work that we do is to remind you that you can show up as your best self, even when you thought you couldn't. There's a moment where you choose that when I'm talking about barista and ordering my coffee, am I, how am I asking for that coffee? Or when I'm showing up at that board meeting and I have spit up all over my shirt, is that, am I letting the spit up define me or reminding myself that I've done this and I got this and it may have not been as perfect and my brain doesn't work as smoothly um, as it did last year, but it will be there again. And I'm doing the best I can right now. Oh, amen. That's so, so true. Love that. And just taking it back to the more entrepreneurial side, because I can yeah. totally talk about mindset all day. I love this conversation. Yeah. Um, have there been moments as you've scaled your own business where you've kind of experienced resistance? It's something that I've been talking to people a lot about because I'm just really fascinated and I'm trying to, to get better at it too, especially, you know, this whole upper limit problem that could be whether you've got to a money ceiling or whether, mm -hmm. you know, when you're stepping into 
that next phase? How have you, what are some of the resistances that have popped up and how have you been able to work through that so you can grow and you can kind of transcend into that next phase? Perfect. Uh, I love that question. I think it's a very valuable one. So um, any sort of kind of limiting belief or fears of failure or fears of any kind, let's say, kind of, I would say take, you take a two-step approach with it. Number one, you acknowledge it. Um, and that means you kind of realize that the struggle is real and it's beautiful. And first and foremost, you have to sit with it. <laughs> and this is the part that people don't want to do. <laughs> um, it's telling yourself that you are here and you're willing to listen and understand what this fear is about. Um, like I said before about how we create it, struggle is part of creating and you kind of have to learn to do it elegantly and fully. Um, and it takes some discipline, but it means that you're, when you're showing up, you are giving that, that belief that you have that limiting belief or whatever it is that's holding you a little bit of space to understand why it's there in the first place. Um, and sometimes when we do that, we find that there is actually an emotional attachment to that belief. It's, it's weird to say, but sometimes we like to kind of believe we can't. It's comforting. It's like, let's, let's off the hook. We don't and, have to show up. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, you know, this was enough. Um, and, and it was cozy under that blanket of, you know, <laughs> fear and worry um, because it gives our mind something to do. It's a really strange that like worry gives our brain um, something to do. It's like doing nothing, but it's like, you know, it makes it believe it's working. So the first and foremost thing you have to do is actually acknowledge it, sit with it, understand why it's there in the first place. So whatever that belief is, again, it's just a thought you've repeated over and over to yourself so it can be broken down. So number one, you got to understand why it's there. What's it trying to do for you? And then number two, you have to remember that you have the ability to reframe. So the first question I always ask is, how is this thought adding value? Oh, I love that. Yeah, so whatever it is, like even the listeners yourself, think of one of those beliefs or things you tell yourself that you know is not right, <laughs> but you do. <laughs> uh, and ask yourself, just sit with it and say, how is this thought adding value? And then ask yourself, what would it feel like if I didn't have this thought? What would the other way look like? And rewrite that thought as the way that it could be. Like, um, like if it, it is about money, like break it down and rewrite it in a way that's positive and open. And then ask yourself, how does that feel? And most likely right now it'll be like, oh, a little resistant, a little exciting, a little unsure. And then just sit with that. It's kind of like when you're stretching and it hurts. And you yeah. just have to sit with that stretch a little bit more. Some of this work is slow and it's <laughs> icky and it's uncomfortable. And there is tension there. People want me to give them a magic pill. I can't do that. What I will promise to do is sit with you and hold that stretch with you. Um, and there's something really important there with stretch, not strain. And I'm going to use myself as an example for this example. So you asked me to be part of this podcast. And I remember first I scheduled it. It was at three months postpartum. And I was like, yeah, three months, I'll be ready to go. And I remember it coming up and I was like, hell no, <laughs> I am not ready. 
And so at that point, it was strain. For whatever I went through and wherever we were in our life at that point, I knew that was strain for me to jump on this podcast. So I rescheduled it for now at six months. And so when it was coming up a week or two ago in the calendar, I was like, oh, no, no, no. And I was like, no, no, honey, now you got to jump on the horse. This is a moment of stretch. And so that comes from, again, that personal accountability piece, that personal awareness to know when it's stretch and when it's strain. Um, because most of the work happens at your comfort zone. It's right when you have to stretch, but most people think you got to push so hard, but that's going to break you. That's not what I'm interested in. We're here to stretch. So I knew I had to show up. And even now I'm going to use the example of me getting the time wrong today. And, you know, right away, my limiting things, oh, it's because I'm a new mom. I can't think my baby brain. And I was like, how are these thoughts helping you? Did you try it? Did you actually put the wrong time in? No. Did you make an honest mistake? Yes. Do you want to be part of this? Yes. Okay. Then let it go. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Compassion. Compassion for ourselves. What the hell did we do so wrong to beat ourselves (laughs) day and night? (laughs) Oh my God. You're so right. Yeah. Oh, that is (laughs) And I'm totally stealing that. I love that. Yeah. What is a stress and what is a strain? And that is such a great segue into what I wanted to ask you next was what are some of the things that we can do to cultivate a growth mindset? What is the ingredient of a growth mindset? Yeah. So a growth mindset is really the idea of possibility. So you're basically telling yourself again that you, it's possible to show up as your best self even when you think it's not possible. It's within you. You can access it, and the more you do, it's easier to retrieve. So it's it's it, it's the foundation is the the belief that you have the capacity to get better, and the second part is that you have the interest to do it, and so. Carol Dweck's seminal work um, on growth mindset really taught us some tools. And so the easiest tool is really adding yet to any statement. So, um, so it's one that can be like, I'm not an entrepreneur, or I don't know how to be an entrepreneur. And then you add the word yet. Suddenly it's open. Suddenly there's possibility. I don't know how to be an entrepreneur yet. So That's the essence of a growth mindset, reminding yourself that you have to show up to be in this journey. It's critical part to show up and that you have the possibility. There's openness and possibility to do better, to get better and better. And you have to show the interest to do so. And like we talked about in the beginning of the call, it's about rewarding the process and not the outcome. Yeah. It, it, that's the crucial component to really anything to remind yourself that sh- you have to reward the showing up. You get the stars and the stickies for waking up and making it into the office that day. And then doing that first thing and doing the second thing versus when I write the, when the book is on the bestseller list, because that may never come. That may be something that changes over time. You might not even want it. That, that that's too hard to put all our eggs in our goals basket. Yeah. It has to be in a much more day-to-day to have that reward and also make you much more accountable. So you're not showing up as, you know, a jerk yeah. in the board meeting because you're like, no, but, you know, we have these targets. It's like, who cares what they have? You, you as the leader 
are setting, you have a culture that you are responsible for amongst your employees. So whether you meet your target or not, it doesn't matter if all your employees hate you or if they're living in fear of you. So you, you, this has to change. It's the process. You have to show up. You have to give them motivation. You have to give yourself a reason for being there for them to find their reason for being there. And in that, you'll find that your outcome actually is much more beautiful than what you even anticipated because something else will be bloomed out of it once you give the people the right to honor their, that, that current space and how the, the, the honor that possibility of how you can show up, how you can show up better and you can keep growing. That, oh, that is so true. I love that. And one of the, some of the things that I've been doing, um, you know, and trying to improve my mindset is being like, what's my why? Why am I doing this? Um, and how can I show up in the best way to deliver that why? And then even going deeper and being like, how does that version of Naomi think? How does she how does she approach herself? How does she interact with others? Um, how does she spend her evening? Does she spend her evening watching Netflix or does she do something else that kind of feeds her soul in a different way? You know, yeah. there's all of these things like who do I need to be to not step into somebody else who I really admire, but that version of myself? A hundred million percent. We even have a course. It's called Your Best Self. That's all we do. <laughs> I, I believe in this best self philosophy so much. We have our words, like Yasha and I have our own words. They evolve and change over time. But because ultimately this is the thing, the brain doesn't like to be told what to do. So you have to find those answers within yourself. And once you do, once you find that why, that's where you gain that motivation and energy because that's what helps you show up. You know, even when we work with teams in, in different corporations or different startups, it doesn't matter, whoever's working, I, I, we spend the time to find out why they decide to show up there because that's going to pull them in the next day and then the next day. And they're going to change and evolve over time, but that why has all your secrets. It has all your motivation, it has all your energy. It has, that's where the magic is in, in your personal why. And so, you know, we use words as triggers. They're trained to mean different things at different times for you. But for example, um, I had ones that, if I can remember my first ones when I started this work, let's say was like generous, wise, and creative. That's what they were. And so for me, those words meant a lot to me. And then the second year of our business, I was like, "Mm, I'm too comfortable with these words. You know, generous, wise, creative meant a lot because it helped me ground myself after you know, kind of a turbulent time and I needed to ground myself to focus on what, how to go forward. And I had to root myself and I wanted the wisdom. I wanted the creativity. I wanted the generosity, but in second year business, I was like, it's making me lazy. So I had to switch some of the words and add brave. So I had to push myself and back to that stretch and strength. I was like, Mm-mm, not one of these words has to be brave because <laughs> I need to show up a little bit different. Yes. She's getting too comfortable in her home office. <laughs> she needs to have a little bit more hustle. And so I had to push that, you know, and so brave became one of my words and what that meant for me. And again, these words are just words. These are words that mean something to me. Each person has their words and creativity to one person or brave to one person means a completely different thing to someone else. But it's, it's just to show you that it's, that's what makes me show up in the morning. It's reminding myself my personal why 
reminding myself that why has to evolve with me who I thought I was at 26 is not the same person at 36 the who I thought I was last last night might not be this morning even and it's back to that self-awareness conversation um keeping yourself in check and saying what what is it that I need what is my why is it evolving with me you know and how is it going to help me show up today so so good so true so I have one last question that I think yes. beautifully kind of wrap this up. So you've done the mindset work. You kind of got into the space of alignment. Mm-hmm. How can we make sure that our all of the internal work that we've done is kind of ongoing? It's unwavering because I fall into that trap where I'll have like a really beautiful kind of self-care Sunday. I'm like in the zone, feeling really great, start my week. And then someone just sends me like a dumb email, like a dumb email, or they've just like, you know, (laughs) we're supposed to have something locked in and we've done lots of work on it. And then they actually haven't done what they said that they were going to do. And it just stresses me out so much that it completely takes me out of that beautiful kind of Zen space. And my boyfriend, Michael's always teasing me. It's like, babes, all this Zen stuff that you're doing, like it it can't just be when you're on a yoga mat or like on a weekend and you're in a vacuum, you need to be, and even I'm always complaining about being in New York. I'm like, Oh, we need to just like live on the outskirts of the city because it just stresses me too much. He's like, no, it's about, being able to tap into that Zen, even in a crazy city like New York, even when people send you dumb emails, even when things like fall to shit, it's about having that place. How can we tap into that? And you know, he's right, but you want to be like, (laughs) come on, give me a break. (laughs) I know. Exactly. Right now. Um, Yes, of course. This is, this is it. We, we don't live in a bubble. Right. Um, And I am part of this. I get it. I know it. I teach it. And at the same time, it will happen to me in five minutes from now. <laughs> so, I, so, so the one thing is you just have to be like, this is human nature. So I just, first and foremost, before we fix it, let's just give into it. Again, the struggle is real and the struggle is beautiful. It's, it's just how it is. So one, you have to just be like, okay, I'm human. This threw me off. But then you got to pick yourself right back up. And then you ask those questions. Like I said, how does this add value? How is it help or hindering my process? Um, what would my best self do? You do the work. You do the work. So yeah. I'm not saying you're not going to get knocked off. Honey, you're going to get knocked off all the time. I got knocked off. I, like I said, when we rescheduled, when I realized I got the wrong time for the podcast. But then it's the question of how you pick yourself back up and if you're going to use your tools. So that's where it comes. And so in, in, in certain instances, you got these tools, you have these questions, you pick yourself back up, you remind yourself of your best self and you got it. Um, in certain instances, it might not be so easy. And so I sometimes say you can add the question of curiosity. So look at it curiously. So maybe like, why did this happen? What is supposed to happen? Like, why did that person say that? You know, kind of, kind come at it with curiosity. In that, you might find empathy. You might see that, like, you know, we all have narratives and ways we tell certain stories or do certain things, and to give space for that. That the way I see something is not going to be the same way someone else is going to see it, and especially when we're we're talking about with with other people or conflicts or you know, like you said, someone drops a ball. um, You have to ask yourself: Do I want to be right, 
or do I want to move forward? <gasps> I have to tell myself that all the time, even in my, with my relationship. Yes. So Michael's going to be, Michael is my editor. He's going to yeah. be going for this podcast being like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, oh my God, it's so true. Yes. Yeah. Do so I want to be right or do I want to move forward? Oh, yeah. yes. So, and then in that, it, so a lot of this has to do with grace. Like, I think like a lot of the things I would say, Paul, <laughs> is giving ourselves and others a lot more grace and space and reminding that we are trying our best. Even when we're not trying our best, we're trying our best anyways. Because at the end of the day, it's not going to be fun to hate everyone and everything and <laughs> full of tension. So does that mean I hire everyone? And does it mean that I love to work with everyone? No, it means you learn healthy boundaries, but you also check in with yourself of like what it is that's important for those, you know, um, and, and you go from there. And so the practice of, you know, this Zen-like state or just really a mindfulness practice comes down to ritual and habit. And the more you do it, the more it will become easy. Um, and there, there's a multitude of ways to do it. Uh, we talked about, it's really about having a healthy relationship with yourself um, and setting yourself up for success, you know, whether it's a routine, but really it's a lifestyle that promotes you to be at your best. So that means, again, looking at how you're treating your body, looking at your physical space and your relationships. Um, Instead of just waiting for creativity spark and the magic to happen, you be really accountable of how you've surrounded yourself and how you've decided to interact. And then once you've established that or while you're establishing that, um, allow yourself to give grace for those moments in between and use your mindset questions to kind of put yourself back in check and take the next step whether you like to or not take the next step it might be a tiny baby step it might be a huge sprint it depends on the day and the time um but you have to show up you're right empowering questions give empowering answers yes how how can people continue to learn more about you um talk us through a little bit how people can connect websites, social media, and just a kind of run through of some of the programs and offerings that you have, if anyone wanted to take some of this mindset work further. Oh, that would be wonderful. So yes, we do have a website. It's called mindshift.ninja. So um, mindshift and then .ninja, there is no .com um, it's because we are Mindshift Ninja. So it's .ninja and our socials and all our handles, our Twitter, our Instagram are all at Mindshift Ninja. And we have a lot of free stuff, blogs um, with a lot of helpful tools. Anybody can read um, to see if anything resonates with them. Um, on various topics. So there's definitely that. And in terms of our programs, um, there, there's a, a way of a, a, a variety of them. Number one, there's the one-on-one coaching. And really that's a relationship that we, we have either myself or my brother, Yashar, or my business partner, we will have a, bit, a coaching relationship with our clients. So we do the work through um, one-on-one calls usually six or 12 are our sessions and it's, it's self-directed. Um, we kind of own the, the structure and the process and you own showing up and the goals that you set for yourself. And usually they change over time and a coaching relationship usually, um, for, for many people are coaches in many different ways, but I guess for how we do it is we do, um, an acknowledgement of where you are. 
an identification of your ideal state, where you want to go. And then we co-create strategies to get you there. And so obviously there's an accountability piece, but it's definitely not a one size fits all. And I wish there was like a downloadable five steps to success, but that doesn't exist. And they, and you can see a lot of those, but, but the truth is, like I said, each brain is unique and they don't like to be told what to do. So the more insights you come up with yourself and the, and my job is to kind of guide that conversation, ask those pivotal questions um, the more likely you will see the magic and only you can do the work. Um, there's a, there's a really important factor to coaching that I believe is that uh, you can't work harder than your client. You can support them, yes. but the job is up to them and it's actually irresponsible and disempowering for me to give you the answers. And so that's very different from something like a consulting world where you're looking for me to give you the answers. The coaching world doesn't work that way. Um, and you know, that's, that's how we do it in that, that coaching relationship. On the other side, there is more training. Um, and training usually takes place with teams or companies uh, of different sorts, depending on their needs. And there's a, a variety of ways we can do those trainings. Uh, we focus a lot on the idea of the neuroscience of creativity, how our brains produce at their best, what creativity looks like, and how to kind of build that ecosystem around creativity and um, productivity and innovation and um, how teams can kind of thrive. So the training programs are long and vast. And if anyone's interested, we can definitely send you um, all the information about that. But that's what we do. That's really in a team setting um, of how to do it. And then last but not least, there are from time to time, we do some public workshops um, so that people can kind of take on these these more training scenarios, but in a more open space. and those come, you know, usually twice a year that we have them. And for now, we only have them in Toronto, but who knows what the future holds. <laughs> I feel that's amazing. I just want to personally say thank you so much for being on the show today. I've like I've just been jotting down like scribbling down little nuggets even as I've been listening to you it's really touched a chord with me and I know it's going to touch a chord with so many people listening so just thank you for the work that you do I just think it's so important thank you thank you for having me this has been a delight I really enjoyed the conversation so that's it for this week's episode of the lifestyle edit podcast you can download more episodes of the show and subscribe in apple podcasts or itunes if you enjoyed what you heard we would love a review or recommendation it's the number one way for us to share these stories and insights with as many creative female entrepreneurs as possible and don't forget all of the information on how to join the tle community is in the show notes or simply head to the lifestyle to sign up